Welcome everybody back to the Sports Ball Politics Podcast. Uh, it is it is February eleventh, two thousand eighteen. I'm Ross, along with my the co-host. Year, the year of our Lord. Year of our Lord, twenty eighteen. Um, and I am joined the by year my. Year of our Lord and Savior, Donald. No, Jay. no, no. That's where you're off base. Um, <laughs> render to Caesar what is Caesar, Stephen. Um, so <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, we. Last Wait, I'm your co-host Stephen Hopkins. Yeah, I, I, you had yeah Master you you of the universe. eater of worlds. Eater of worlds. I'm I'm gonna now. Julian Assange had a tweet the other day that said first Trump was this like dopey guy that could never win. Now he's the eater of worlds, and that's so true about how the liberals are portraying him. Right? Remember the uh, the Pied Piper strategy that the Hillary campaign actually dreamed up? Like get everybody to go behind this Trump character who would be very easily beatable. Uh, and they called it the Pied Piper strategy. And now Trump is this unstoppable force, this evil eater of worlds who can't be stopped. That's you know, right. and they bring it in, uh, uh, that's totally followed by his basket of deplorables, including yours truly, one of his number one fans. Right, right. So all of it, just they mis misjudged, mis mis. Uh, they just they ran a horrible campaign and. The eater of worlds is now... And they're the elite, Ross. Like, I, I always love to bring this up. They're the elite. They're the educated class. They're the Harvards, the, you know, the, um, you know, what are, what are some of the other... The ivory tower. The, the, the ivory tower weenies. The ivory tower weenies. I like that. That's we, a, we a former... one of our, our t-shirts with, like, a flaccid penis on the front. <laughs> <laughs> that was a former, a former boss of mine coined that phrase. He's like, these corporate stiffs and their ivory towers... These ivory tower weenies, um, but it's true. These I love it. and, and it's 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 part of it's part of the irony and part of the glory, right? And how glorious it is that you know someone who a, a New York billionaire who were you know poking at the elites, you know, is he's one of them. But I really believe he's one of the only people that could take him down, right? You have to. You have to be of that ilk. You have to operate within their shadows to understand who they are and where the skeletons are buried. And then if you have a pure heart, right, and you you love America like Donald J. Trump does, he took it upon himself to run and do this for all of us. He did. Public. He did. And I will say what, you know, it's becoming more and more clear that all those false starts where he never really ran for office. Um, it was because he didn't feel it was the right time. But you go back to the Oprah clip from the late 80s, and it was kind of like if I get into a situation where I think the country is on the brink of disaster, or on the brink of this, that, and the other thing, I'll run for office. I won't like doing it, but I'll run for office. And this we was back. We were ba- there, man. We were there, right? 20 out of 24, 20 plus out of 24 trillion before we come insolvent. When we were at 20, Hillary Clinton was und- undoubtedly there to push it over the goal line. Game over. Yep. Yep, the 16-year plan coming to an end. Right, Re- game shirts. Right. Well, I actually, you know... Said, uh, game blouses. Game blouses. Because that what was going to happen was... So you'd really, I mean, and we try to be... We try to hit out at both parties. But that would have really been a 24-year plan. So you'd have George Bush had eight years. Even right. going back to Clinton. Really, my reset was after Reagan left is when the globalists started to take over. Um, you had... 12 years of Bush globalism, and you had it followed by, you know, 16 years of Clinton and Obama globalism. And it was going to be eight years of Hillary globalism. But either way, the common denominator was globalism after Reagan. The final straw, the final chapter, Hillary Clinton. She would have been the one to kind of... Nail in the coffin for America as we know it. Exactly. As they completely change it and make it a communist slash socialist nation. Right. So, so like, in, in terms of that lead-in, which was unpredictable, we did not plan on that lead-in, but uh, that kind of dovetails with where we were last time. So, at our last podcast, we were, it was the day before the memo was released, we kind of highlighted, and we got, we lost the What's last... The thir- memo, Ross? What's the memo? <laughs> so, we lost 13 minutes at the end of it, so, I, you know, I don't know if some of the predictions didn't come out on tape, but they ended up coming through in the form of the memo. We had kind of guessed and beat around the bush as far as what this memo consisted of. This was the Devin Nunez memo on FISA warrant. Um, Devin Nunez being the chair of the uh, House Intelligence Agency. Correct. Agency, uh, uh, chair, right, of the committee. I'm sorry. Correct, correct. And what he his job was, uh, he was, you know, he's been, with everything Mueller's doing, that's fine. Let Mueller do his thing. Whether you like it or not, I still think he's a neutral party. 
We'll see how it goes, and then we'll, we'll, we'll plan accordingly. Nunez was doing his own thing behind the scenes. They said, look, there's a lot of crazy things going on with the dossier and the FISA warrants and the wiretapping and Hillary Clinton's campaign doing this, that, and the other thing. We're going to investigate it on our end. And on Adam Schiff's end, the, the uh, Democrat side of the House Intel Committee, uh, he was doing his own thing with the Russia collusion thing. So everyone's running their own investigations. It's up to us to digest the information as it comes out. And it turns out that as we predicted back in August of 2017, Steve, the FISA memo showed us that the uh, the Democrat apparatus, you, the Obama administration was spying on Trump and they allowed the FISA using a fake using a fake dossier that wasn't vetted by anybody um, using a fake dossier to get clearance to have four rounds of FISA warrants applied to Carter Page who was associated with the Trump campaign about so, quote unquote dealings in Russia and it was something that we are finding out more and more each week was linked to uh, first off fusion GPS got it paid for it paid it to uh, Christopher Steele, the UK British Intel operative, disinformation operative, um, who paid Fusion GPS, uh, Perkins Coy, which is the law firm for the DNC and the Hillary campaign, uh, who paid Perkins Coy, the DNC, the Hillary campaign itself. So if you're if you're playing connect the dots here, when Trump says with a number, the Hillary campaign spent eleven point nine million, whatever the figure is to spy on the, the uh, Trump campaign and to craft a fake narrative, he doesn't throw out something unless he knows it's airtight. So Trump has a number in mind of how much the Hillary Clinton campaign paid Fusion GPS, I'm sorry, paid uh, the law firm first, Perkins Coy. Perkins Coy then takes the money in and then issues their own wire to Fusion GPS to, to kind of, it's not money laundering per se, but it's, you're kind of, what is it? It's uh, it's not sheltering. It's uh, what's it's it, no. What's it called? It's layering. It's called layering. We have to layering. take this. We have to take this in our uh, our money laundering training in, in the corporate world. Uh, layering is structuring and layering is the the uh, moving of funds in different confusing accounts and having different uh, go betweens intercept that money and then wire it under different cover so that you never know who the original the who the originator is. I think they got sloppy because there's there's four lines of defense. There's Christopher Steele, there's Fusion GPS, there's Perkins Coy, there's DNC five if you count the Hillary campaign. All that has been captured as part of the financial transactions of Fusion GPS, which they're going to be releasing. Which is always going always they say, follow the money and you can always find the truth, right? Follow the money. And that You know what you're making me think? It's just so strange and I'm gonna divert us way off road, but it's you know, we we've come to see and I think everybody knew, but we've come to see just how deep the connections are with the Harvey Weinstein, Obama, Clinton, you know, inner circle. We know that Harvey Weinstein funds, you know, a lot, if not most, of the major Democratic candidates in the Democratic Party as a whole yep and you know is as we've seen and in, in throwing it also uh, also also out there the truth is stranger than fiction yep I, I'm, I'm not surprised if the show house of cards was absolutely 100 based on truth of the clinton fan the clinton family yep and it's and it's everything literally starting from where did he kevin kevin spacey which by the way how perverse is that as we've come to find out, he's one of the worst, if not the worst, next to Harvey, you know, just disgusting, vile creatures that's out there in Hollywood right. as the leading character. But right. where does he start at the very beginning, if you remember, for everybody that has or hasn't seen the show? Where does he start? I know he snaps a dog's neck in, like, the first episode. No, no, no I'm saying, well, like, not getting into the weeds, I'm saying, what was the position he started at before he did everything in his grasp, including murder, which you just mentioned, to reach the White House? Wasn't he, like, a minority whip, or wasn't he, like, a congressman? Correct. I think he follows a lot of the same, similar uh, footsteps as, uh, as, as Hillary. So, okay, so in other words... Power couple, uh, they will do anything. They don't really. Yeah, they just reversed it, right? They just reversed it. Right. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And and he's actually been asked about it. I think he's implied that it was based on the Clintons. 
you remember, I mean, he, yes, and think of it, right? Like, he not only has a wife in the cover of that, but you remember he takes in his Secret Service agent, the guy, and he ends up sleeping with him, too, mm-hmm. right? And as we've all been, you know, understanding that Uma Abedin and Hillary have been alleged to be much more serious than just, you know, she's my right-hand woman. Right. Right. So it's very strange. It's very strange. But as I said, I had to throw that out there. Truth is very, very much stranger than fiction. Right. It is. It is. And we're seeing it all slowly get rolled out. And Steve, you and I were on top of this from the get-go. And I like to always go back and say we talked about this in prior episodes six months ago. Not to brag, um, but just to be like, look, the intel sources that we follow via Twitter, Facebook. Uh, some of the YouTube programs, some of the periscopes. We are not, Steve and I are not connected to anyone in intelligence. This is all open source. It's all information that's readily available from people that are connected to others. I mean, again, this is this is kind of hobby for us doing this podcast, but I'll be damned if 90% of the stuff that we talk about ends up happening, right? We've been pretty accurate. We've been pretty accurate. So, and this is what was used for you know, whenever, and the reason we're doing this is because we want people to wake up the two-party system that everyone keeps going back and forth on and saying, well, no, the Democrats did this. Well, what about the Republicans do that? Perfect example this week with the uh, the Porter scandal, the guy that beat his wife a couple times and was still vetted and approved to come enter the uh, Trump administration. Rob Porter, I think his name was. He was on the communications side. And everyone is going back and forth. And I'm sitting on the sidelines. You are probably too, Steve, saying, why are we fighting which party is worse with wife beaters? Like, why don't we just take a step back and say, probably both sides of the aisle have these type of similar issues. Um, the FBI fast-tracked this guy. Not fast-tracked, but they vetted him. So what does that say about the FBI vetting? Yes, it's kind of a knock on anyone in the Trump campaign or administration doing the vetting that this asshole was allowed to get a job there. Um, but at the end of the day, people keep going back and forth. Oh, this is... The, the Republicans are the party of wife beaters. I'm thinking to myself, you dopes. This is this has been going on for a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I mean, I just want to. If you're one of these people that, if if you know, if, if someone from the quote unquote right or Republican points out or vice versa that, hey, look at your member of your party did this. It's horrible. And then your initial response is, well, how is that any different when your guy did? Like, you guys both lose. You both lose. You're not. Lose, right? You're I think not. That's what you're saying, and I, and I, I think that's a, what our, a big goal of the message that we're trying to point out to people is that that's what's happening. Right. Exactly. For purpose. So, um, but so 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 you know, we talked about the memo. We were pretty accurate on what we thought the memo would contain. I mean, no one had seen it. No one knew when so it was going to be released. Why don't you highlight about the, like the four major points the memo did point out, Ross? Do that good job of covering that. What it didn't do, right? Yep. And then, and then, where are we at today? Okay. So, in my basic synopsis of what I think was going on, or I'm sorry, what the actual memo revealed. Yeah. What did the memo reveal? It revealed, and I'm I'm pulling this from memory, but it revealed first off, it revealed that. Um, a phony dossier was used as the primary reason to get the warrant, the FISA warrant, to begin the wiretapping of Trump Tower. It was, a, it was, well, it was Carter Page, one of uh, Trump's uh, uh, people working in his camp, right? Correct. And what it and does... It was the key piece of evidence submitted amongst other pieces of evidence, but it was the, the centerpiece. It was the centerpiece. So for, right? with the, what the left has and been trying... And it was written by, I think it's good for it to just highlight who it was written by and, and what the connections are there. It was written by Christopher Steele, who uh, worked for Orbis um, LTD, which is an, a disinformation... Uh, CIA, British CIA, the British equivalent is MI6. The British CIA equivalent is MI6. And when he was at MI6, right, because he yep. was a former MI6 agent? Yep, yep. He actually came, the... he came, he came out of retirement to write this. That's how right. freaking... What, what desk was he on while he was at MI6? Uh, was he on counterintelligence? He was on the Russia desk. Oh, oh I'm surprised you didn't know that. It sounds like you're hearing that for the first time. Interesting. I did not know that. 
Yes, that's well, yeah. I mean, besides the fact that, you know, what we found out in just to steal it for a second, that he hated Donald Trump. He did. Which was also, you know, one of the factors which the Republicans pointed out is here's this guy, former MI6, working the Russia desk that the Democrats go to, pay a lot of money to, who then goes to Russia. That's why they went to him, because he had Russia ties being on the Russia desk right. uh, at MI6 and collected all that bogus information, stuffed it in there. And I think we recapped, and you interestingly pointed out, that you get paid by word. So yep. what he was doing is just filling it up, right? Yep. And, and With as much that he could put in. Uh, and that that's what they submitted over it, uh, to the, the FISA court. Right. And, and it must be noted, it must be noted, because the left will try to play games and say, look, why, if this is so diabolical by the Democrats, why did the Rubio campaign and the Jeb Bush campaign show interest in this as well? And that was actually before Christopher Steele even got involved. So in other words, there was this dopey document existing that was being passed around like, like a blunt at a Snoop Dogg concert. And no one was real. I was like, okay, this is pretty salacious, but yeah, you know, Rubio was interested. They threw a little bit of money at it. They're like, yeah, we're going to pass on this. Same with Jeb Bush. Yeah, we're going to pass on this. And it was about to die a slow death. And suddenly the Hillary campaign gets a hold of it, brings Christopher Steele in, pays, you know, Fusion GPS to work with him to the tune of about $11, $12 million. Okay, Christopher Steele enters the picture and adds in his own layer of, you know, sex fan fiction with the people peeing and, you know, the wrong the wrong lawyer being mentioned, someone of the same name. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the Cohen, the lawyer, had never even been to that part of, uh, of Russia. His passport proves it. The hotels he supposedly stayed at never was true. All this stuff fell apart after Christopher Steele got involved. So, yes, two Republicans touched like the basic dossier before it was even a meaty version that was drummed up by Christopher Steele. They passed on it when it was a pamphlet. <laughs> and then Christopher Steele gets involved and turns it into a friggin' full-fledged dossier. Um, that, that's kind of the, 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 the events that are not being talked about in the media. It's just kind of like, oh, well, both parties kind of did it. Well, no, let's look at what money was thrown at it. And when did things accelerate? After Hillary's team and the DNC threw money at it. Um, so that was part one. It was something that was uh, cooked up under fake pretenses to get the spying apparatus on Carter Page, which as a, as a satellite of Donald Trump, it allowed them to pick up as many of the Trump orbit as possible. Okay, And that led to the unmasking that we talked about ad nauseum on this show. It talked about why in November of 2016, uh, November 16th, actually, Mike Rogers actually told Trump, Mike Rogers, Admiral Mike Rogers, head of the National Security Agency, uh, told Trump point blank, your Trump Tower is being wiretapped and it's compromised. I suggest moving to your Bedminster, New Jersey location. And on November 17th, we said this last episode, November 17th, they moved shop to Bedminster because Trump Tower was indeed compromised. Why was it compromised? Because it was wiretapped. Who did the wiretapping? The Obama administration. And that came out last Monday, um, that the Obama administration was responsible. Uh, they knew every step of the process as it was happening. Um, this goes way up the chain. So that was just the first part of the FISA memo. The second part revealed that uh, the information was kicked around and provided ultimately Yes, Christopher Steele. Yes, Fusion GPS. Yes, it was funded by Hillary. Um, but <laughs> take a step back and see how stupid this sounds. The opposition was funding information to be made up about their opponent in a presidential election. The, uh, the opposition being, okay, so Hillary Clinton was, you know, her and Obama never really liked each other, but they had a common, th common goal was to get rid of Trump. And she used the full power of the FBI and the DOJ and the Obama spy apparatus to launch this whole investigation on Trump, to launch this whole wiretapping. It's really, you're going to find that Hillary and Obama were pretty much tied together in all of the stuff we're seeing about the Russia collusion narrative. It was a narrative completely crafted by the left from day one 
during the campaign, the second Trump started saying not even favorable things about Russia, so much as neutral. He didn't want to go to war with Russia. He didn't want to be bombing Syria. He didn't want to be arming, uh, you know, the terrorists to go after Assad. Um, and oh, that was part of the, remember, the, the Russia reset with Hillary and Obama. It was supposed to go a lot better than it did. It was a major foreign policy failure, right? So so that's kind of that's kind of where it went. Um, and you know what are what are the next? Uh, I, I, you asked for four. I kind of gave two because for memory, that's all I really remember. Um, but in general, I mean, Trump blocked the counter memo from Adam Schiff. That was yeah, yeah, well, I think what, yeah. What I wanted to point out too, or get on the other side, is what it didn't do is well, you know, it didn't it didn't absolve Trump through evidence that the Russian collusion, uh, as far as the investigation, was you know a hoax. Right. Right. That's not what this memo did. Now, we do know that there are uh, we've heard eight other memos, including the Grassley uh, memo that came out also this week. Uh, But, you know, we did learn that it it hasn't absolved Trump of the Mueller investigation. That's still ongoing. That's still ongoing. And the way kind of the, the so so since the first memo dropped, we knew Steve and I knew about a week earlier that there was nine a total of nine memos. Okay, everyone's focusing on one memo. It's, going to, it's a strategic process where they roll out a new investigation each week. Um, and I think we said last time, it's not known what those nine memos are going to be, but it's most likely um, they're going to relate to, um, so the first one was going to be the FISA warrant. Second one is the dossier. that. So each person's on the case. So Nunez was on the FISA case. Uh, Grassley is on the dossier. Uh, Grassley and Lindsey Graham actually are on the dossier. They've now asked for criminal charges to be brought against Christopher Steele, who no-showed a court appearance the other day, and he's now on the run. So, I mean, put it all together. Put it all together about what's really happening. Um, another one coming up. I'm just, I just got connected with someone that has a lot of uranium on files. Um, so they just relaunched their Twitter account. They were Twitter blocked. Um, there's a Uranium One uh, scandal brewing that's going to come to light. When Hillary says all this stuff was debunked, nothing in the Obama-Hillary era was debunked. It was just shut down prematurely. So imagine if you're asked to go on the case and investigate something, and you got stonewalled within like five minutes of starting it. That stonewall does not mean it was debunked. It means that it was selective curiosity as to why it did not move forward right so that's what we're finding out all the stuff you see is a counter measure to all the molar stuff it's all of the events and activities and investigations that never took place under obama because it was all shut down so memo a small group of people in, inside of the fbi the doj you know the way that the way that i look at it is just again taking a little bit of a detour is and we should have a whole episode on this. What they've done is very similar to what the left has done since the late 60s. And they have a playbook called, you know, the Weather Underground and Bill Ayers, you know, one of Obama's mentors actually wrote um, a, a document called the Prairie Fire. And everybody should read that, including you. And we should actually go through that on an episode and spend a whole episode on that. Yep. And what it did is essentially laid out a plan saying the way that we need to take down, in their mind, the corrupt U.S. government, which is essentially create anarchy in this country and take down capitalism as they look at it, they're very much socialist communists. So the way to do that is a longer approach. It's not necessarily marching publicly like they did in the 60s, because remember, that movement got stomped out. Correct. Right? The hippies, they disappeared, they got beat down. You know, it, it, it went away, and so this was something that they said under, under, you know, on the back end, on the underground, what our idea is, is we're going to load up the public education system with people who think like us, yep. and then we're going to we're gonna recreate the, the lesson plans that are happening throughout this, you know, the, 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 the public system, the education system, essentially indoctrinating people to believe us white people are bad, right? And where do you see this coming out today? White people are bad. They need to feel bad for what's happened in America and pay reparations and feel bad for their white skin. Right, right. Right? 
and this was all documented out, right? So, and you had these people who were very sympathetic, again, with communism and, and socialism, which are so very much intertwined. And, and these are the people, and they've done that. They've been successful in that, and we've seen that. And you now see American college campuses where you can't even have a, a differentiating, differentiating opinion. Correct. Right? You can't, you, you can't be conservative. You get screamed at. It's, it's turned into a fascist society, right? Yep. Which is very scary, which is all part of the left, right? Who shout down your ideas and, and label you things and play identity politics. This was all laid out in prairie fire. So that whole thing laid out to now say it's very similar to what has happened in our Department of Justice, in our FBI, by Obama and his minions, right? Which was um, Eric Holder at the right, yep. uh, who was his attorney general at the time. Yep. Right, and I forget with Lois Lerner, I think on the other side, and they spent eight years essentially finding the same type of radical, left-leaning thinking people and recruiting them into these positions. So essentially, it wouldn't matter when a new government shifted in four to, in their case, eight years, because they had people buried deep in that were going to continue as their operatives. They all know some, yep, yep, yep. Does that sound, does any of what I just said sound familiar to some of the things that have gone on since Trump's taken over his presidency, to the leaking, to the undermining of, right, uh, uh, of, uh, of Trump's policies, you know, extending all the way out into other, uh, uh, you know, other branches of governments like, you know, left-leaning judges blocking Trump on his legal authority to protect our country. Correct. Right? And, and blocking his immigration ban and overturning that. So it's very similar. Uh, it, it's a very similar tactic, and it all comes from the same people. And, uh, you know, tying it into what we were saying at the beginning, I think that this was part of this. I know that this was part of the plan. We were Adam Brink when Donald Trump, going back, as you pointed out, to the 80s, had always said, if it ever got bad enough, I'll run. Yep. And he knew, right, $20 trillion in debt, knowing at $24 trillion were insolvent. You know, as you pointed out, all these string of successions of families, as it turned out, you know, essentially selling our country out to, you know, essentially communist China. Yep. Right? Yep. And, you know, as we're now seeing the very crazy radical Islam, well, you look at the people who are in the parties, the Clintons, the Bushes, they all have ties to either radical Islam or the really radical left-leaning communist socialist thinking, you know, people in their family, you know, going all the way back to those 60s and the founding members of those parties. Correct. But I'd, I'd also wager that not only are these people, these organizations, organizations deeply embedded within all structures of government, um, other institutions of power. But also think of the compromise factor, right? So what happened a couple years ago, former Speaker of the House Dennis Hastert was brought up on charges of um, molesting a, a, a youngin, a 13-year-old. And, you know, you wonder why was this guy so ineffective when he was Speaker of the House? He's compromised. So what, is, what does Washington do? What does the deep state do? They find people that have dirt on them. They elevate them to positions of power, but they say, okay... I want you to pretend to be a conservative. You can get reelected all you want, but there's a certain policies you're gonna you're gonna do what we tell you to do because we have dirt on you. We know what you did to that kid. And the person's like, "Ooh, oh shit." Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll pretend to be this establishment Republican, but when it comes to trade and it comes to border security and it comes to you know infrastructure, I'm gonna vote the way you want me to vote because I'm compromised. So they find people that are fundamentally immoral. They've got sex scandals. They've got money laundering scandals. Uh, they've got racketeering violations. They've got all sorts of different uh, abuses they've done in their past that you know donors, groomers, whomever have in mind when they give money to them. Um, and that's what happens. So yes, it's bad enough that the Weather Underground types and their social justice warrior ilk get embedded at a low level and kind of elevate over time. But you also have those that are already there that are compromised, and they can't break through, break break through, off uh, from those chains. So that and that's 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 what this whole Trump thing was all about. Trump is in compromise because no one gave him money. 
this was a campaign largely funded by the MAGA crowd, but also his own, you know, his own purse. Uh, it's not like he was getting a ton of super PAC money, the way Hillary gets super PAC money, gets lobbyist money, gets corporate money. Trump was kind of like, fuck you. He got kind of Bernie money. It was kind of, whatever you can donate, donate. And if you can't, I'll just take it out of my own savings, you know, out, of my own, out of my own fortune. So no one controls him. It all goes back to why he's been doing this for 40 years. He's been studying up on these people. He's been throwing money around to both parties to get people to do whatever the hell he wants them to do. Um, and this was his way of exposing that. So, um, so that that's a long way of saying, you know, the, the foundation, the deck of cards is starting to crack. Um, memo one. So let me go back on what some of the intelligence have been saying. Memo one has been the FISA warrant. Memo two will be the Grassley dossier. Memo three will be something related to uranium one. Memo memo four will be something on RICO violations, racketeering money laundering. Um, number five, memo five will be in the Clinton Foundation. Uh, memo six will likely be about the DNC IT hacking. Who hacked their server? Uh, it wasn't Russia. We know it wasn't Russia. Um, the Awan brothers are the ones that were the Pakistanis that were hired by Debbie Wasserman Schultz to run the Intel, I'm sorry, to run the IT infrastructure of the DNC uh, and they use it as a spying mechanism on probably a third or half of Congress. So that's another memo. And there's, there's probably three or four more behind the scenes. One of them may actually be the Seth Rich murder. We don't know. But what they're going to do is all of these memos will be coming out. And alongside that, as we've said, again, ad nauseum, but we want to drive the point home, 1.2 million documents have already been communicated uh, to DOJ from the Office of Inspector General led by Michael Horowitz, who has no love loss with the Obama administration, even though he's a Democrat, Obama appointee. Uh, he was stonewalled for five years, so he's pissed, and this is his revenge. He's getting all this information out. So the big, I mean, what the analogy used was that each memo will be a, a Moab, a missile, a Patriot missile, mother of all bombs. The OIG report of 1.2 million d documents is going to be the nuke. That's going to be the one that says, okay, you wanted supporting information for these memos. Here you go. Enjoy. Happy hunting. And it's going to have every piece of information that was gathered over a year. Um, and I think it's going to be very alarming to the left. That's going to shut down the Mueller investigation. I, I'm, I'm, you know, Ross, this is where, you know, we get into these type of things and I, I hate to be, you know, such a, a, a big buyer of stock in this, but I, I don't think that this changes their mind. I think that what we've seen, and it's very scary, is, you know, I, I really try to follow as many news sources as possible on the so-called right and so-called left center, you know, more left and right, though. And, you know, from, from second one that this stuff hit the mainstream, there has been, and I guess you could assume, you know, if, if you're in the camp like us that believes that there is a conspiracy, there is a cabal, that has taken over our government, they run and own Hollywood, mm -hmm. which means that they run and own propaganda, the propaganda machine, which also includes mainstream media. So on every outlet since this has hit mainstream media, the nudist memo, all of the things that we've gone over, the points and what it could mean and does mean, right, with the evidence and what we think is going to be the next stuff coming out. They have already mounted a defense, uh, essentially politicizing it, right? Calling Nunes, you know, either a Russian Putin spy, you know, all the way down to just being, uh, you know, a loyalist to Trump, who's a dictator, right? Yep. So, and everything in between that. So, you know, it's it's already being established that this is all, uh, you know, hullabaloo from from the right. You know, it, 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 as far as calling it, we already, as CNN called it last week, you know, just asking these questions and doing some investigations into some of these things that we're talking about, uh, it is a constitutional crisis. Yep. So, you know, as I'm, I'm, I think that we're at a point where I don't see I, every, you know, I like a chess game, right? I look at this and I, I'm trying to be a great chess player. And I'm looking at all the moves on the board, and unfortunately, I think that every single move that we have in front of us, what's being set up is leading to Civil War II. Yep, 
Would you say you've actually said that? So you're on record and I, saying, and I, you know, and I, and it, I just continue. It's, it's, you know, it's why it's one of the reasons why I've actually stopped posting as much and trolling on Facebook because at first, you know, for the first six months to a year, it was kind of fun. It was fun. It wasn't kind of fun. It was, it was fun. And then it was, you know, hey, maybe I'll change some people's minds actually, and I can find some good dialogue. And now, as I'm watching it, it's just so perverse, right? Because you think these people have nothing to lose. Right. It doesn't matter. You can remove these people and put in any kind of situation. When you put somebody into a situation, an animal, right, with their back up against the wall, with nothing to lose they're going to put and throw everything they have at you. And so if what we've seen and we're alluding to is some of the stuff they're doing in their good days, what are the stuff they're willing to do when their back's against the wall and, you know, and, and they're about to be exposed. And I, and that's why I really believe that they're getting prepared to get these frothy Kool-Aid drinking brainwashed, you know, and this is part of the setup of the, you know, through the the public education system, they're getting these people ready to, you know, literally to militarize whatever that looks like in their mind, which is scary because these are the same people that know nothing about guns. Right. Well, that's they why guns, they know nothing about guns, but what's even more devious than that and what's more scary in, in what we've actually alluded to in this conversation I did earlier is what is one of the groups that they're aligning themselves with. Antifa. Antifa, but more the Islamic. The Muslim jihadists, brother, Muslim brotherhood, right? And, Muslim and brotherhood. What is, what is what the Islamic jihadist? It's it's a coward fight, and what I mean by that is it's not let's go face to face, toe to toe. It is let's sneak around, let's bury bombs, let's you know, let's. I mean, it's the definition of terrorism, right? It's a faceless enemy, right? And it's clearly effective. Again, the definition of terrorism is clearly effective because if the the most core thing on the psychological level that people are afraid of is the unknown, right? Yep. Which includes the dark and you know things going back to our bio biology going back thousands of years. This is why this is such an effective way. Because yes, right, and look at you brought up Antifa. What would you expect them to do, right? You expect them to come with their faces covered so you don't know who they are. Yep. And they will do things like when you're not looking, they'll swing a bike lock famously, right? Yep. Hitting hitting you and knocking you out. Well, what's the next step? And we have history of this going back, even in this country, of the left. When it gets to a certain point, they start bombing things. Right. They've done it before. Right. They'll do it again. And I think that this is what, you know, and, and what have we already seen? We've already seen the beginnings of this, which has already boiled over into real violence, the Steve Scalise, but really important, more importantly, the Republican softball game being shot at, mm -hmm. right, by that sniper. Yep. Um, more recently, and you brought it up on a, pri a previous podcast, you know, I don't think we have confirmed anything on this, information on this, but, you know, a Republican train carrying many Republican members, uh, you know, and their staff, you know, to a, to a yearly outing more recently got, you know, uh, got into a train accident because yep. somebody had left a cement truck on the middle of the tracks. Right, right. Right? So... You know, we've already seen a lot of evidence of, of these people already kind of becoming unhinged. And, you know, and what the media does, and they're the worst because they're giving these people, they're giving them the justification to do so, right? When you call Trump a racist, when you call him a, a member of the KKK, and you sell this to people, again, it gives them the, the justification in their minds to make this okay, the violence, right? And that's what they've been doing, and they know that. Right. Exactly. And you, you left out the Rand Paul thing. I mean, Rand Paul attacked by his... Rand Paul thing, absolutely, which was unreported, right? He was, he has, you know, as we've heard, behind the scenes taken the high road because he doesn't want to, you know, fuel the flames like the media would love to do, right? Um, and that's what they're famous for. But yeah, behind the scenes, they absolutely believe that his neighbor was one of these radical leftists that you know, thought Rand was ruining the country with the health care thing, and he actually came over and went after him, took shots at him. Right, right. So... No, not literal shots with a gun, proverbial, you know, punches shots. Correct, correct. So, ribs, and, right? that, and that's just in the last calendar year. So, you know, we all know where it's going, but I guess we have 10 minutes left uh, just to make sure that we hit the right points. But um, do we want to talk about... So I 
read through some intel from some of the normal sources that drop this kind of stuff. Do you want me to tell you what's been going on? Absolutely. Um, so we're going to see some see a couple things coming in the news in the next couple of days. First off, it's going to be to, it's going to be released that Obama was sharing intelligence briefings with the Hillary campaign, uh, which is a big big deal. It's so incredibly. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disgusting, revolting. That he he went through every angle to get rid of Trump, to the point of of sharing intelligence briefings with the Hillary Clinton campaign, um, uh, to get any advantage over Trump. Um, additionally, additionally, not only was Obama sharing briefings with the Hillary campaign, he was spying on every single institution in government. And yes, wow. folks, that means the Supreme Court. Uh, he was spying on the Supreme Court as a means to, uh, you know, what's the word? It's for leverage in, in future negotiations. Um, so what does that mean? Well, it means if you know what they're going to be voting, you can craft legislation, you can craft policy around that. Um, I don't know necessarily there's no evidence that anyone was compromised. Some say Chief Justice John Roberts was compromised when he signed off on the Obamacare being a tax. Uh, he was a Bush appointee. Everyone felt he was the conservative of the arch conservative besides Scalia. Um, but what they did was, you know, Obama was using the spy apparatus to spy on the Supreme Court, to spy on federal prosecutors, to spy on anything and everything government related. He also was leaking briefings. He was leaking information, intel information to Trump's competitors in the business landscape uh, so that it would cost Trump millions of dollars in the run-up to the election. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very frustrating. What You're not allowed to do that. It's not allowed. It's not, it's not something that prior presidents have necessarily practiced. As, as deep state gets more entrenched and technologically advanced, the ability to abuse this is going to become greater and greater. And Obama was Bush on steroids. We thought it was bad when Bush did the whole Patriot Act thing. Um, and he was wiretapping, you know, reporters. Obama was wiretapping reporters. Obama did everything on steroids, um, which is pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. So that's the first piece of intel that's going to drop this week. We're going to find out that Obama was uh, sharing briefings with Hillary, which is, again, I don't know legality of it all, but it's probably frowned upon. And then uh, spying on the Supreme Court. So anyone that's a big fan of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, notorious RBG, uh, even the, all the leftists that love these people, fine. But they were being spied on by Obama. So just keep that in mind. Um, the other piece, very interesting, uh, is that uh, so I was following. So we talk about this QAnon character. Um, QAnon is the, the NSA group that is close to the president that has been tweeting intelligence in question form so that they can't give away anything classified. The latest information is that they were posting live pictures of the Sky Tower in Shanghai and an individual going into like the 35th floor. And then they showed a window being opened with uh, residue on the outside implying that there was a hit uh, on an operative. And they claim to have a top 10 globalist person in their possession right now. Um, that is now singing like a bird. So there are, with the, with the balances, it's, there's public stuff as far as memos and what's going on behind the scenes. There's also private stuff, which is all of the CIA operations being broken up. As we know, as we've shared, CIA, uh, State Department, 7th floor, FBI, 7th floor, uh, element, rogue elements of the NSA, that, that's your secret society right there, folks. Okay? Um, so what they're doing is they're using... They use the spy apparatus to compromise people. Uh, but now Trump is breaking all of that up. He's making the deep state go from uh, a black hat evil organization to a white hat good guy organization where they go after the drug runners, the terrorists, the terrorist supporters, all that stuff. Um, and that's what's going on behind the scenes. You know, very, I'd be surprised if some of that sees the light of day. However, um, all of this is building to what we believe is going to be a big week coming up because now they're saying that Obama, 
I guess the last post of, of this QAnon character was save the best for last. We know all of the Clinton assets have been seized behind the scenes. Uh, now they're saying that Obama will be the next one that they wrap up. Uh, the Marines are ready to snatch up, he says 44, which means President 44, Obama. Um, this is information that was dropped a couple days ago. Um, that they're looking to, all of this is driven by, so there's three executive memos, executive orders that Trump is dropping. Uh, I, I, there was one in November, I think it was about child trafficking. Uh, there was another one in December about child trafficking and other human, uh, human rights violations. There's a third one that's going to be modified. And this is something that broke today, or last night rather. Uh, Executive Order 13223 which was about uh, national emergencies under Section 688 and 690 of the U.S. Code. Um, it gave, basically gives more, more power to the Secretary of the Army, Navy, and Air Force at the direction of the Secretary of Defense. What does that mean? It means if there should be a national emergency, more powers would not go to Trump. They would go to uh, Secretary of Defense James Mattis, so General Mattis. Um, and right now, behind the scenes, warming up in the bullpen are the military panels for the military tribunals. Everything we've talked about is going to come to a head after this OIG report drops, after more memos drop, after the American public has been red-pilled to the point where they now understand, holy shit, Obama and Hillary were trying to fix an election. Um, and now we're to the point where all of the FBI, DOJ, State Department, NSA people that did rogue activities to uh, cut down the Trump campaign are going to be under uh, certain military tribunal laws. They're not going to be tried by a crooked judge in D.C., okay? Um, this is not something that's going to be some Norfolk, Virginia judge seeing or a West Virginia judge seeing or a Baltimore or Washington, D.C. judge seeing. These are going to be referred to a military tribunal, which is why we see Gitmo getting uh, millions of dollars for funding. Uh, it's going to remain open. Not only is it going to remain open, it's undergoing a renovation, it's expanding. All that stuff with Gitmo links into what we're seeing now. And it says, you know, the intel says the the EO, the executive order can now be revealed. Um, you know, hold on to your shit. Hold on to your hat. Shit's about to get real. Emergency broadcast system is going to be used at some point over the next seven days. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. We don't know what else is coming down the pike. Uh, but we do know that there's 13.6 thousand indictments that are ready to rock and roll um, in the D.C. area. By D.C. area, I mean D.C., Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia. Um, 13,600. The normal at this time of year is probably one to 2,000. I'm no lawyer, but sealed indictments, you know, that could relate to anybody. A, a Tom, Dick, and Harry that robbed a CBS. It could be. It could be related to different things. But um, 13,000 of them is a big deal. And do you think they honestly have to do with the Trump campaign? I doubt it. I mean, they'll, they'll cherry-pick random people and anecdotal evidence that so-and-so is doing collusion. In actuality, this is not to take down Trump satellites. Um, it's to take down the globalists. It's to take down all of the crooked, RICO-violating assholes in D.C., uh, we know that Carter Page, it was not mentioned earlier, but Carter Page was actually working on behalf of the FBI. So what he did was, before he even joined the Trump campaign, he was used as an asset for the FBI. And then once he started aligning with Trump, they turned on him and said, ah, looks like you're a spy now. It's like, no, yeah, I was a spy. You guys hired me, remember? <laughs> doesn't, so, it always seem like, doesn't it always seem like the FBI, when it comes down to it, is somehow involved in... A lot of the crimes, like look at some of the past things, right? Like, uh, in really sketchy things. Like, I remember after the Boston bombing, and then they found Sarnea, the older brother's friend, down in Florida. They were somehow in his apartment interviewing him, and somehow he got shot, like, in the head and killed. Yep. After they had, like, three agents, like, interviewing him for multiple hours. Like, what happened? Right. Like, how, how do you lose control of that situation? Right. I, I don't you know. know. I it's a um, think of every uh, the the uh, the um, 
uh, the BLM, right? Uh, no, not not Black Lives Matter. The uh, the the Bureau of Land Management. Yep. Um, that BLM and the Texas it was a Texas incident with that guy out there, and then they, they ended up shooting. So that was uh, so the Bundy Ranch was the one in Nevada. And then, so they remember they shot one of the guys. So that, that was, was so yeah. In or, it was in Oregon or Washington. There was some of the Bundy boys were up there. They took over some abandoned government space, held it hostage, even though nothing was there except a bunch of like empty offices. And Lavoy Finicum was one of the people up there who got yes, shot. Yes, and they killed him. Yep, they killed him. Right, and it was like a really like yeah. Hey, I don't think you really had to do that. Type right, of event. Um, I think, you know, a, a couple of the, the terrorists, like, you know, I'm going to go try to blow up, um, you know, New York City with some kind of truck bomb. I think, like, they've seen that the FBI was, like, providing the people, you know, the uh, the trucks or the bombs to actually do it. And they were really kind of notoriously involved in some of that stuff. Well, that's that's exactly um, that. So uh, what, what QAnon had actually <laughs> said was he, he had predicted it. He said through his coded language, he said there's going to, you know, look for false flags this week. Um, and he mentioned, he mentioned, he, he hinted towards a Bangladeshi doing something, um, through his coded language, um, abbreviated the currency of Bangladesh. And it turns out the next day, Bangladesh person in New York city tried to detonate a, a, a bomb and it ended up being a firework. And what, what he's saying is, look, the FBI needs to stay in business. Okay. If things are going well, the FBI is not happy. If there are terrorist attacks, the FBI is happy. They're busy. They have relevant work to do. They have busy days. Um, so a lot of these are, are false flags staged so that it can increase their funding. Um, he actually, QAnon actually said Bangladeshi, you know, implied again through the interpretation of his codes, Bangladeshi person, there will be fireworks. Literally there were fireworks. They, the FBI swapped out what they believe was a bomb for fireworks for this person that was under their, they were this, they were the handlers for this person. So what they do, what does it do? It, it makes, means there's a scare. So people are like, Ooh. We must keep our city safe. Let's give FBI everything they need to continue the great job they're doing. Um, and that's how it works. You know, keep these government agencies running. If we're in a time of peace, that's when governments that they're most pissed off. That's when the deep states that they're most pissed off because they're failing right. at something. They're failing at something. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of the latest of what's going on. So this week could be big. I mean, we know that each week gets bigger and bigger as far as the intelligence that's dropped. Uh, we know that each passing week we're going to get more and more text from Strozak or Struck or how you pronounce his name and, and the and the lover Lisa Page. Um, we find out that uh, you know they're going to different facilities and, and classified texts of information and they're violating every premise that the Mueller investigation set up to try to disprove. So it's not going well. And if you think that these texts are going to get better. For Struck and Page and the FBI, you're probably smoking the wrong hash pipe because what they're doing is intentionally seeding the ground with the lowest level first and working their way up. So think of it this way. You don't drop the most serious information first. You drop that at the end. You build people. You build to a crescendo. And that's exactly what's happening with these texts. There's 50,000 texts. We've only seen probably 1,000. Okay, um, so, and th those are scandalous enough as it is to be like, are you seriously doing this investigation? Um, what you're going to see next is going to be, I mean, one of the other things QAnon dropped was that they believe there was a, uh, an assassin, not an assassination attempt, but uh, people during the State of the Union in the Black Caucus texting about Trump should be put out, put out of his misery. Um, and it's on, it's on, see, it's I on mean, tape. It, I mean, listen, it, they're, they're texting this stuff back and forth to each other. Don't think that they're not getting up in, you know, private for private, you know, closed door meetings with some of their constituents and also in, you know, in bigger meetings and they're not using the same type of language in, in, in inferences, right? Of course. So it's, God, it's, it, it, that's why it, it's so frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. Uh, it's very, well, you know, it's also it's also frustrating, and it gets to the point, and this is where you know who's going to get there first, right? Is it because they're they're really using Nazi tactics, right? The propaganda, the Goebbels style. You know, we're going to do it, and then we're going to look at you and tell you you're doing it, and tell everybody that you're doing it. Right, and that's it. That's a telltale sign 
That was an Alinsky-I tactic. Accused exactly. And who was who, who? Who was that person? Saul Alinsky. And who was a huge fan of Saul Alinsky? Like, both both Obama and Hillary. Hillary actually interviewed him when she was in college. Um, so I would say, you know, they're, 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 one of the Alinsky tactics is accuse your opponent of what you're doing. So if you have, and this is what this is. This is literally the Russia investigation, right? It's yep. Obama, it's Hillary colluding with the Russians, uh, going all the way back to the uranium one scandal under Obama's presidency, looking for a reset in policies. Because you know, this is what people don't remember. And let's let me just bring it back for people that don't remember. We have a huge crushing blow to our economy right after we were riding our real estate high in 2007 right yep and then and then uh like something something I, I don't understand what happened but something happened with russia right and i think it's because um o obama comes in in 2008 right yep and he's left with this horrible economic disaster yep and at that time, do you remember, this is the end of the Bush regime, which we now can absolutely look back and say, you guys just went into our government for eight years and rape and plunder caused horrible trillions of dollars worth of wars, but you guys made billions of dollars with you and your cronies and all of the oil people. Right. Right, by going into Iraq, undeniably, by going into Afghanistan, creating and getting all those government contracts, right, like slush funds without the government people even knowing about it, undeniably, right? right? The money that's on the books, trillions of dollars that we know about, and as you've even pointed out on podcasts afterwards, the, the billions and maybe trillions of dollars that's unaccounted for that we don't know about. Right. Remember, before the day before 9-11, who was at the Pentagon saying how much money they lost? Right. Wow. Literally the day before on 9-10-2001, what was that and who was it, Ross? Rumsfeld saying, what, $1.2 trillion? $1.2 trillion missing, right, yeah. from the department of, of his Department of Defense. So anyway, right. so let's flash forward. So... Because we want to know, like, what do you mean when people say, like, because I've heard this, and I don't think people understand when they go, well, Hillary wanted to broker a deal, and people wanted to broker a deal for a reset, quote-unquote, a reset with Russia. And what is that reset, right? I think it's important that people know. So, and, and people can re relate relate to that. People as Americans going back, because we all felt it. So, the, the transition from Bush into Obama they remember the the price of gas. This was the, the 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 most important factor, right? The Bush regime undeniably kept gas prices for themselves and their friends, the Saudi Arabians, right? Yep. They kept it at a hundred and twenty to a hundred and forty dollars a barrel. Now, what did that mean to us as Americans? That means that we were paying $5 a gallon and in some cases $7 a gallon, right? You're in San Francisco. You're in New York City proper. You're paying $7 to $10 a gallon for gas. You remember these times? Right, I do. 2008, that summer. I remember oil was around 150 and it was only because of the global collapse that it dropped as low as it did. It wasn't because of any strategy, right? What are you talking about? 150 150 a gallon? No, no, I'm sorry. $150 was the barrel of oil. Per, yes, per yep. price per gallon. Yep, which means price gallon, per price per gallon, gallon went. Everybody but, was making money, which included Bush cronies. But who else was making big-time cash the, when oil's over The friggin' Saudis. The friggin' Saudis. The Saudis, obviously. But who else, Ross? I would say the Russians. The their Russians. That's true. Is dependent on the export of their oil and their natural gas. Yep, that's true. That's true. Right, a hundred percent, and that's been a, a controversial thing is the pipeline leading down into Europe to provide them because they all have shit for for oil and gas. They have nothing. Yep. They import everything. Yep. Right. All of Europe, us, uh, uh, civilized Europe. So do you remember now? Let's go back to that transition where it's four and five dollars a gallon for us driving around, and then all of a sudden, it's like magic. Obama becomes president, and he starts a silent war. And that silent war is not fought with humans and troops. It's fought on the economic stage, and he artificially. Uh, manipulates the price of gas and why do you think it crashed all the way down and go look back at this I invite anyone to go look at the price of gas for us as US consumers and no one complains by the way and why would you 
it went all, do you remember it dropped all the way down to almost the two dollars a gallon and in some cases under two dollars a gallon and it stayed there throughout obama's eight years and what did that do to russia's economy oh it starved them out it starved them out it literally that was a great phrase to put it because that's what it did and i think i've alluded to why i think putin is a good leader for some reasons including one of which is he knew what was happening and he went on to the tv and his people and said guys this is what's happening get ready it's going to be bad exactly it was, he was and it has been right? he was very so transparent about it that mean a reset means is stop putting the stranglehold on gas prices, right? right? Which is was is adversely affecting us. Which you know, which you tell everybody, which it told me. You know, sometimes it's just in the details. Sometimes don't tell me that Donald Trump is trying to collude with Russia when Donald Trump is all about America's energy first, and he artificially wants to start exporting and keeping the price of, of oil and all energy down. Right. So if you're Putin's quote unquote Putin's puppet and Putin's economy and the engine of his economy is and still does rely on the price of oil being up as high as possible, look at what Donald Trump's doing. Don't tell me what people are saying. Correct. Right. Yeah, that's what I've said. You and I have been on top of that. It's like if if Trump is doing what he's doing to Russia, they're being cahoots. Usually, if you're cahoots with someone or colluding. You got to give them the other side of the deal, right? If so, if the deal, if the first deal was Russia helps Trump get elected, we're at the stage now where Trump needs to give Russia what they're deserved. But Trump's not doing it because that proves it's almost another proof that Trump didn't collude with Russia. He's done the antithesis of what Russia would want him to do, right? As far as oil policy, as far you know, as and, you know, and, and we brought this up, and I want to hammer this home. I think that you know Russia should be our sister country. They should. Right. We we as a country have everything. If you look out across what we've seen pan out around the world, they are the closest thing to us and what we want to be. Yeah, right? they've they've thrown off. They've seen the horrible. You know what happens in in, in socialism and in in communism, right? And like what that leads to. It's horrible. Right. And they got their prosperity when they privatized and went essentially over to American capitalism. And they they flourished under that. And they see that. And they see that as their future. And God, you know, I hate it, Ross, and I've been, like, on record, as you know how much I hate religion, especially Christianity is one of the worst, right? But, like, you know, Christianity brings a lot of things, you know, to the table, right? It's, you know, it's weird to you. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's saying that, but it does. And, I, you know, and when you look at this religion, if people are going to follow a religion, I, you look into the Bible, the New Testament, and you see, as I've said, right, you take out the dogma, and it's one of the greatest psychological books that's ever been written, right? What are the, you know, the things that they say? Don't covet thy neighbor's wife, right? Don't steal from people. Don't murder people. It's, it's really simple. It's basic stuff. It's very libertarian. It is. So that, I oh, that's behind really... that, right? And so, you know, these Russian people, they're very much like us in that they just, you know, they want to be left alone. They want to do their business now, you know, is, and so I look at them and I see see them and saying like, you know, we should be uniting with them. We shouldn't be fighting. We should be trading and united. We should actually. And, and imagine, so you see how people get uh, all offended about uh, different groups of people and being uh, aggrieved and being demonized by quote unquote Trump. What about the poor Russian people? Like, anyone with a Russian last name is, like, a bad person now. Isn't that crazy? Well, I mean, I mean, not the normal people like us. Like, it still doesn't bother me. I don't see any, because I think how ridiculous it is. If anybody, I see a Russian, and if I, like, actually was talking to him and making a joke, I might, like, you know, because I'm so off-color all the time, I might elbow him and go, hey, you better watch out. Some lefty might be here to round you up soon. Right, <laughs> you know right. I mean? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so. It's funny, but it's not. But you know, I, I look at it more that way. But yeah, I see your point. Yes, I, if I'm a if I'm a Russian in this country and I'm looking at you know these fucking weirdo liberals, I don't even want to call them liberals anymore. I'm just going to call them fascists because they're not liberal. You know who's liberal? Me. I'm fucking liberal. You're liberal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm a liberal, and I'm nothing like those people. So no, you're not. Them stealing the word and what they are—they're fascists, and that's all, that's all they are. That's true. That's very true. 100 percent true. Any, if any liberal would ever love to debate me on real, true liberalism, I truly love it and invite it anytime. You're not going to get it though, because they're busy screeching at the sky right now. So, 
Uh, Correct. Or they would be too busy getting into it when they don't have a point. They call me a racist or a bigot or you know, transphobic or something. Right. Something. Something crazy. So, um, all right. So we're right now we're at the one hour and five minute mark. So I think we've heard feedback that we like to keep it about 45 minutes to an hour. So here we are. Um, I'd like to kind of stop here. Let the intel that we've dropped digest. Let the news cycle. So, we, we, Steve, our goal, I guess, is to become ahead of the news cycle, right? So, That's right. So dropping what the next week's news is going to be on Fox, CNN, MSNBC, depending on what, what appetite they have to cover it. But we want to be ahead of the game based on what we're hearing. So I would say we'll stop here. I'll drop this tonight. And then if we can, yeah. if we can link up later in the week, we can start to review – because Trump controls the narrative right now, so he also controls the news cycle. And if we can stay ahead of that, it's a very fast-moving news cycle. So um, I would say if we can convene on Thursday to give an update on where things are moving, because I, I understand this is going to be a wild week where some of the globalist families are getting a little nervous uh, and they'll start to off themselves like I've always expected. So uh, let's, let's break here. And then reconvene later this week. We always say we reconvene and we reconvene like freaking 10 days later. But um, things are moving really fast. So I'm glad we got this episode in because it's very important going forward that we're ahead of the game on what, what is going to break. All right. Um, go drop it like it's hot then, Ross. I'll drop it like it's hot. I'm going to go do grocery shopping now. Um, I don't know what your rest of plan is the rest of the day, but uh, I'll drop this later tonight. And then we can reconvene midweek, maybe tape another all right, episode. Then. All right? Thank you all, and uh, we will talk to you soon. And to all, a good day. Take care. Bye-bye.